0: Long History, Jacques Cartier, Journey 2, Part 9 The Return, Glad Women, and Good Weather Welcome everyone to Long History. This is the 13th part of a 15-part series where we look at the three journeys of Jacques Cartier exploring the area of the Lawrence River in the 1530s. These are some of the earliest ever written descriptions of the area today known as Quebec City and Montreal and also some of the earliest uses of the word Canada in writing. Now this episode should stand alone, but if you haven't already feel free to start at the beginning with episode 1 and the first journey. And don't forget also that there's lots to explore on long history. On the North American continent as well as Jacques Cartier, we've covered Henry Hudson and Hernando de Soto and Cabeza de Vaca, some of the earliest European explorers on the North American continent. At the moment, we're looking at the second journey of Jacques Cartier. He headed up the St. Lawrence River, reaching a place called Ochelaga, which is in the area of today's Montreal. Then he headed back down the river to another place called Stadacona. This is in the area of Quebec City. And in this area, he made friends with the local people, apparently. But particularly in the previous episode, we saw lots of tensions under the surface between the local people and the French. These locals tried to persuade the French to take one of their enemies back with them to France. But the French turned that idea on its head and captured the leader of the people they knew, a man called Donna Connor. It's clear here that the French have decided to take Donna Connor back to France so that he can tell the King what riches are available in the area of Canada. However, there's lots of subtext here. And as this episode begins, it perhaps seems that Donna Connor is quite willing to go to France. However, he was captured, and the fact was he was given no choice in this matter. This is in fact the last episode of the second journey. So here we go with Jacques Cartier, Journey 2, Part 9, The Return. Glad women and good weather. How, the next day, being the 5th of May, the same people came again to speak unto their lord, and how four women came to the shore to bring him victuals. Chapter 20 Upon the 5th of May, very early in the morning, a great number of the said people came again to speak unto their lord, and sent a boat, which in their tongue they called Casnoni, wherein were only four women without any man, for fear their men should be retained. These women brought great store of victuals as great millet, which is their corn that they hew withal, flesh, fish, and other things, after their fashion. These women, being come to our ships, our captain did very friendly entertain them. Then Donnacona prayed our captain to tell these women that he should come again after ten or twelve months and bring Donna Connor to Canada with him. This he said only to appease them, which our captain did. Wherefore the women, as well by words as signs, seemed to be very glad, giving our captain thanks, and told him if he came again and brought Donnacona with him, they would give him many things. In sign whereof, each one gave our captain a chain of ezugni, and then passed to the other side of the river again, where stood all the people of Stadacona, who, taking all leave of their lord, went home again. On Saturday following being the sixth of the month, we departed out of the said port of Santa Croix, and came to the harbour a little beneath the island of Orléans, about twelve leagues from the port of the Holy Cross. And upon Sunday we came to the island of Philbirds, where we stayed until the sixteenth of that month, till the fierceness of the waters were past, which, at that time, ran too swift a course and were too dangerous to come down along the river. And therefore we stayed till fair weather came. In the meanwhile, many of Donnacona's subjects came from the river of Sauganay to him, but being by Domagaya advertised that their lord was taken to be carried into France, they were all amazed. Yet, for all that, they would not leave to come to our ships to speak to Donnacona, who told them that after twelve months he should come again, and that he was very well used by the captain, gentlemen, and mariners, which, when they heard, they greatly thanked our captain and gave their lord three bundles of beavers and sea-wolf skins with a great knife of red copper that cometh from Sogane and other things. They gave also to our captain a chain of azunyi for which our captain gave them ten or twelve hatchets and they gave him hearty thanks and were very well contented. The next day, being the 16th of May, we hoist sail, and came from the said island of Philbirds to another about fifteen leagues from it, which is about five leagues in length, and there, to the end we might take some rest the night following, we stayed that day, in hope the next day we might pass and avoid the dangers of the river of Sogane, which are great. That evening we went to land and found great store of hares, of which we took a great many, and therefore we called it the island of hares. In the night there arose a contrary wind, with such storms and tempest, that we were constrained to return to the island of Philbirds again, from whence we were come, because there was none other passage among the said islands, and there we stayed till the one and twentieth of that month, till fair weather and good wind came again, And then we sailed again, and that so prosperously that we passed to Onguedo, which passage until that time had not been discovered. We caused our ships to course athwart Cape Prat, which is the beginning of the port of Chaleur. And because the wind was good and convenient, we sailed all day and all night without staying, and the next day we came to the middle of Breon's island, which we were not minded to do. To the end we might shorten our way. These two lands lie northwest and south-east, and are about fifty leagues one from another. The said island is in latitude forty-seven degrees and a half. Upon Thursday being the twenty-sixth of the month, and the feast of the ascension of our Lord, we coasted over to a land and shallow of low sands, which are about eight leagues southwest from Brion's Island above which are large champagnes full of trees and also an enclosed sea, whereas we could neither see nor perceive any gap or way to enter there into. On Friday following, being the 27th of the month, because the wind did not change on the coast, we came to Breon's island again, where we stayed till the beginning of June, and toward the southeast of this island we saw land seeming unto us an island. We coasted it about two leagues and a half, and by the way we had notice of three other high islands lying toward the sands. After we had known these things we returned to the cape of the said land, which doeth divide itself into two or three very high capes. The waters there are very deep, and the flood of the sea runneth so swift that it cannot possibly be swifter. That day we came to Cape Lorraine, which is in 47 degrees and a half toward the south, on which Cape there is a low land, and it seemeth that there is some entrance of a river, but there is no haven of any worth. Above these lands we saw another Cape toward the south. We named it St Paul's Cape. It is, at forty-seven degrees and a quarter. The Sunday following, being the fourth of June and Sunday, we had notice of the coast lying east-south-east, distant from the newfound land about two and twenty leagues. And because the wind was against us, we went to a haven, which we named St Spiritus Port, where we stayed till Tuesday that we departed thence. Sailing along that coast until we came to St. Peter's Islands. We found along the said coast many very dangerous islands and shelves, which lie all in the east-south-east and west-northwest, about three and twenty leagues into the sea. Whilst we were in the said St. Peter's Islands, we met with many ships of France and of Britain. We stayed there from St Barnamus day, being the eleventh of the month, until the sixteenth, that we departed thence, and came to Cape Reyes, and entered into a port called Rognoso, where we took in fresh water and wood to pass the sea. There we left one of our boats. Then, upon Monday, being the nineteenth of June, we went from that port, and with such good and prosperous weather, we sailed along the sea, in such sort that upon the 6th of July 1536 we came to the port of St Malo. by the grace of God to whom we pray, here, ending our navigation, that of his infinite mercy he will grant us his grace and favour, and in the end bring us to the place of everlasting felicity. Amen. Here there's a long list of vocabulary of the local language. They of Canada say that it is a month's sailing to go to a land where cinnamon and cloves are gathered. Here endeth the relation of James Cartier's discovery and navigation to the newfound lands, by him named New France. This second journey by Cartier was just over a year long in length, starting on the 16th of May 1535 and ending on the 6th of July 1536 when they re-entered the port of Saint-Malo in Brittany in northern France. Like the previous episode there are big gaps in this narrative. They've captured the lord of the area of Canada but all we get in the text itself is this strange acquiescence by this lord and then on the journey over the Atlantic he isn't mentioned again. There is one further journey by Jacques Cartier documented here however which will be covered in the next two episodes and we'll hear about the fate of that Lord of Canada in a journey that takes place some four years later beginning in 1540. Before you move on please don't forget to subscribe to Long History or follow it to be informed of when those episodes are released. Please do like this particular episode and share it if you can with anyone who might be interested that would be greatly appreciated. Thanks everyone for listening. This was Jack Cartier Journey 2.9 The Return. Glad women and good weather. Goodbye.